On February 16th of this last year, Marvel Studios released the movie Black Panther. It was a much-anticipated movie, and it broke all kinds of box office records. By the end of March, it had crossed the $1 billion mark in box office sales. It was a very popular movie, and it's just a really great movie. Uh, And if you've seen the movie, then you know that one of the central plot lines in this story revolves around this substance called vibranium. Vibranium is this substance that arrived on Earth when a meteorite struck Earth, and it was discovered by a group of people, and a nation called Wakanda was formed around this substance, and they used this powerful substance to develop technology and to use it in other powerful ways. But what's interesting about the plot line of this movie is that only they know about this special substance that they have. And if you walk away from the movie, you realize, no spoilers, don't worry, that one of the central questions that drives the plot line of this movie is, what do we do with the vibranium? What do we do with the presence of this special thing that has been given to us, to our tribe, to our nation, to our people? And as the story develops, that question drives the plot line. And there's a disagreement and a difference on how people view what they should do with this special substance. You can't watch this movie without asking that self-reflective question, what would I do in that situation? What would, what would I do if I was a part of that group of people? How would I use what I had been given? What would I do with a vibranium? How would I think about using it, keeping it to myself or sharing it with others? How would I use what I had been given? To encounter the plot line of this movie is to encounter that set questions. Questions of stewardship. You cannot watch this movie without asking some of those reflective questions. And whether you know it or not, you can't encounter the plot line of Scripture without asking some similar questions, some questions of stewardship. To encounter the plot line of Scripture is to ask some self-reflective questions about what we been given. From the opening pages of Scripture, from the very first act in the story of Scripture, we are told some significant statements about who we are as men and women and who we're called to be. Genesis 1.26, what Andy read for us earlier, we read that God said, let us create humankind in our image and our likeness so that they can rule, so that they can have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the cattle, and over all the things that are creeping along the ground. The first thing that is said about you and me in the story of Scripture is an identity statement. You and I are created in the image of God. This is the first thing said about you And me, it is the truest thing about you and me because it's the first thing that's said about us in Scripture. This is this sacred, special identity given to you and me. We are created in the image of God. The second thing said about us in Scripture, the very second thing that's said about you and me is a purpose statement. 
so that we may rule, or some translations put it, so that we may have dominion. This is this sacred and special calling, this purpose statement that is true for all of us. We're all called to ruling and to dominion. And these two first statements kind of go together, and it's important that we keep them together, this identity statement and this purpose statement. I like the way that Tim Keller brings these two truths together. When he says that those who are image bearers of God, ruling as God's image bearers, is an act of stewardship or trusteeship. God owns the world, but we are called to care for it. You can't help but read Scripture, and you're not even through the first chapter yet, where there's these claims being made on our life, and as those claims are made, questions are raised for us. Questions about stewardship. Questions about how are we going to use what we have been given. I like this quote of Keller, but I realized this week that this word stewardship, this idea of being a steward, can sometimes be a foreign concept to us. I was talking to a friend last week. I was talking to him about my sermon. kept using the word steward of God and stewardship. And he stopped me halfway through some of the things that I was saying. And he says, Wilson, I'm going to have to Google that word. I, I don't even actually know what it means. And it was a good reminder to me that this is one of these big church words that we can sometimes use and throw around and not really have a clue of what it means. So the best way that I can describe stewardship is something that would regularly happen to me in high school. For the last two or three years that I was in high school, I worked at a local golf course in town. It was about five minutes from our high school, and so immediately after school, I would drive to the golf course and I would work until dark. And this golf course, like many golf courses do, have a professional that owns the course. It's their course. And so I was this professional. His name was Jim. I was Jim's employee. Jim, the pro, owned the course, and I was Jim's employee. Now, Jim was not always at the course because professionals play in tournaments. He would go on sales calls. He would have different appointments. And so whenever he would leave the course... He would come by the bag shop where we would sit and wait. And he would say, I'm heading out for a bit. You guys are in charge. And I would always feel that weight of responsibility sink in just a little bit more because I knew in that moment something significant in the relationship was changing. That in that moment, all of a sudden, I was being given a task and a responsibility to take care of things, to manage things, to steward things in ways that reflected not only who my boss was, but the kind of course that he was trying to run. I was being a steward of what he had been given me. He owned it. It was ultimately his. But he was entrusting me with responsibility. He was trusting me to care for the course that was ultimately his. And so when we talk about stewardship and being a steward of God, we we basically are saying that we believe that everything belongs to God, but God has given us responsibility. God has given us this new relationship status where we 
are now called to take care of things and to manage things that have been given to us in ways that reflect who God is and the kind of world that God is trying to create. And there's two particular dimensions of stewardship that I want to highlight. That when we make this claim of stewardship, I believe it means two significant things. The first is to say that we are stewards of God is to recognize that God trusts you. God has entrusted things to you, which means that God trusts you. Too often when we tell the story of Scripture, we like to talk about how much of a mess we are. We like to talk about all the mistakes that we've made. And there is a moment and a place and a time to acknowledge that. But before we talk about the mess that we can sometimes create, we have to first talk about the majesty of God creating us and God giving us a purpose. God has trusted you with things. God has trusted me with things. God trusts us more than we trust ourselves sometimes. But the second thing that we have to realize about saying that we are stewards of God is to reflect on the kind of steward we're going to be. See, being a steward is not an if thing. It's a how thing. The very first thing said about us in Scripture is that we were created in the image of God and we were called to rule or have dominion or to be stewards, to be managers of what God has given us. We don't get to choose if we're going to be stewards or managers or not, but we do get to choose the kinds of stewards and managers and caretakers that we're going to be. It's not a question of if I'm going to be this way. It's a question of how. How am I and how are you going to use what you have been given? And I really think that there are two directions we can go with this question. I think there are these two paths that we can take in our lives, answering this question, what kind of steward am I going to be in the world? The path of faithful stewardship or the path of faithless stewardship? Am I going to be a steward who reflects faithfulness or am I going to be a steward, a manager, a caretaker who reflects faithlessness? There's a parable that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 12 that I think gets at the heart of this question. Someone comes to Jesus and asks Jesus to divide the family inheritance with his brother. Jesus, always reading a few layers below the surface, doesn't respond directly to the request, but he makes this statement. He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed for a person's life does not consist in the abundance of their possessions. And then Jesus tells this parable. He tells a story about a man, a wealthy man, whose land produced a great crop. And he goes on to to talk about how this man handled this situation. But the way that he tells the parable is significant. Because as he narrates the story of this man's life and this man's dilemma with all that he has been given, what's interesting is that when the man speaks, he only speaks in the first person. What shall I do 
with all of my goods and my grain. I know I will build bigger barns for my goods and my grain. Me and my and I, this first person pronoun, weaves throughout the story because the man is completely focused on himself and what has been given to him. But the punchline of the parable happens when the man dies unexpectedly. And God comes to the man and says, you fool, tonight your life is going to be taken from you. Who will get? What will become of all that you have prepared for yourself? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but who are not rich towards God. In this moment, we get a a glimpse of what faithless stewardship looks like. Faithless stewardship is having a bunch of things but never acknowledging God in those things. It's being surrounded by a lot of possessions or a lot of resources but never acknowledging God. The first time that this man even acknowledges God was at the end of the life when God showed up and asked him some questions. That's the path of faithless stewardship. To have a bunch of things, to have a lot of resources, and to never acknowledge God in the process. But Jesus also points us to another way forward. This path of faithful stewardship, this path of acknowledging God and the resources that we have been given. Faithful stewardship is ultimately about being rich towards God which is kind of this, like, squishy and ambiguous phrase, being rich towards God. Like, what does that even mean? But I think the meaning of what it means to be rich towards God is revealed in the verse right before the last verse. With the question that God asks the man right before this statement is given. Who will get? Who will receive? All of these things that you have prepared for yourself. You see, this question is the first time in this man's life that he has ever considered people outside of himself. This is the first time with this question God is putting on his radar something and someone that has never been on his radar of me and my and I. It's in this moment, at the end of his life, this question points him outward, turns him outward to consider all of the other people who he could have helped with what he had. And that, I believe, is the key to understanding what faithful faithful stewardship really looks like. The faithful stewardship acknowledges God in what we have by acknowledging others with what we have. Being rich towards God is ultimately made known in being rich towards others. Because you you can say, well, everything I have is a gift. And you can say, I have all of these blessings from God. But unless we turn outward to see how we can help and share with others, then we are not ultimately walking the path of faithful stewardship. Because faithful stewardship makes itself known in our conviction of God by acknowledging others 
as well. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. What kind of steward are you going to be? How are you going to use what you have been given? Because the question isn't if, the question is how. The question is what kind of steward am I going to be? Am I going to be a faithful steward? Acknowledging God through acknowledging others. Or am I going to be a faithless steward? Making what I have ultimately all about me. And so I want to leave you with two questions this morning to reflect on. They're simple questions, but I think they're significant in reflecting on becoming faithful stewards. First question is simply, what do I have? What do I have? Taking stock of your life, I believe, is one of the first steps in becoming a faithful steward. Paying attention to what you have is one of the first steps in becoming a faithful steward. You see, too many of us live our lives comparing ourselves to others. Whether that is online, or whether it's in the parking lot, or whether it's in our church building, or whether it's when we're out in the community, and we have these grooves of comparison so deeply ingrained in our hearts and our souls that we view the whole world through scarcity and deficiency. Because we're always aware of what we don't have. Here's a secret. Someone's always going to have more than you. Someone's always going to have more of something than you, but that doesn't negate what you do actually have. Some of us, your summer spiritual discipline needs to be to keep a gratitude journal for two months every day. You need to write down every night, I'm leaving the manuscript, you need to write down every night ten things, or three things, or four things that you're grateful for in your life for two months. You need to become aware of all that you have been given. So to spark your imagination, to form some new grooves in you this morning, think about the things that you have, your education, your life experience, good and bad life experience, your connections in the community, your, your family name, your relational capital, your position at work, your position in the community, the family that you're with, every single day. The money that you have in the bank. The experiences that you've had in other parts of the world. The good things that have happened to you. The bad things that have happened to you. And here's one that I want to highlight. That I do so with reservation. Because this is intentionally aimed at people who are older than me. I give parenting advice once a year and I give Advice to people who are older than me once a year. So this is my one time. Some of you are now at the age, you are so seasoned in life that you do not care what other people think anymore. You don't. And that is something that you have. So instead of using that to be selfish and to make it all about you, what if you use that for the sake of the kingdom? What if you use that thing that you have, you really don't care what people think anymore for the sake of the purposes of God in the world? I'll give you advice in 2019. I'm done for that. That's my one piece. Second question. How are you going to share with others what you have? How are you going to share what you have with others? 
How are you going to turn your awareness of what you have into action that turns outward? Because here's what I know about College Hills. There's a lot of faithful stewards here. There's a lot of people here who don't just acknowledge that they have gifts from God, but they are actively trying to figure out a way to bless others with those gifts of God. About six weeks ago, I was given the topic of stewardship because the associate minister always gets the topic of stewardship. That was a joke. And so what I usually do when I'm given a sermon text or a sermon topic is I'll just take notes on my phone, ideas and thoughts about the sermon. And then when I sit down to write it, I have like three or four or five weeks of, of reflections that I can craft into a sermon. But this, this time I did something different. This time I just made notes about stories of stewardship, of faithful stewardship in this church. And I just made notes. And what I want to do is I want to close with the, the things that I have seen over the last six or seven weeks here in this community, some things that are very public and some things that I just found out in conversation that no one else knows about. But I think these embody what faithful stewardship looks like. And my hope is that it will spark your imagination about what it might look like in your life. A mother recently, who is soon to be an empty nester, asked one of our young mothers out to dinner for no other reason than to say that she was willing to talk to her about parenthood and to pour into her. She is willing to give her lessons of motherhood to a younger mother. A doctor here who has the credentials of a medical professional is choosing to take a week off of work this summer so that he can go to Mexico to give his medical expertise to men and women and children there. A farmer who owns cattle recently came up to me and told me he was willing to donate a whole steer and a deep freezer to the church so that we could give food away to hungry people in our community who come here on Mondays. To which I said, holy cow. A young man at this church recently walked up to me and he gave me a piece of jewelry that he had come into his possession and he told me that he wanted to give that to the church. That whatever money I could get from that, he wanted to give that to the church. And this is a young man who doesn't have a lot. An individual here who's going to participate in a yard sale soon told me that he was planning on giving a portion of his yard sale to our vision offering Sunday this morning. My cousin, who doesn't go here, but it just struck me when I heard the story a week ago. My cousin, who's now in her 20s, who was diagnosed when she was born with a rare liver disease, was recently asked by her doctor to sit down with another young family whose child had just received the same diagnosis. And she spent several hours talking with this family about the new reality for their child. She has this difficult experience that she's gone through for almost three decades, and she is stewarding that in a faithful way to someone else. Our prayer ministry here gathers each Wednesday and shared recently with our elders and our ministers the story of how they send prayer cards all over the world, even to Siberia. We did this 127 class on orphan care 
And on the last night, a couple weeks ago, we, we gathered together and asked people how they were going to help orphans in our community. And there was multiple families who talked about how with the time that they have, they're going to, to volunteer for CASA. They're going to become foster parents. They're going to adopt a child. They're going to take what they have. One in particular. The daughter spoke about how she belonged to a part of a good Christian family and she wanted to share that with other young kids in the community. She's six or seven or eight years old and she's being a faithful steward with what she has. What do you have? And what are you going to do with it? How are you going to help others with what you have? It's faithful stewardship. Acknowledges God in what we have by acknowledging others with what we have. And when we choose to do that, we, we begin to walk down the path of faithful stewardship. So let's do that as individuals. Let's do that as families. Let's do that as Bible classes. Let's do that as a church. And then the world will know what it looks like to be faithful.